What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. Happy New Year. Uh, as this podcast comes out, we are in 2021. Uh, a crazy year, a crazy 2020. Um, pretty good for us with the podcast, but other things not so much. Uh, how was your New Year, Jake? Mine was pretty good. I had a lot of time spent with family and friends, uh, or family really but yeah it was a fun time uh not the typical new year just because of everything going on it felt a little bit rushed and it didn't really feel like new year's but all in all a good new year and uh i'm ready to get on with 2021 i actually have some podcast goals that i want to hit so i don't know if you feel the same about it ryan yeah we want to keep growing uh definitely we have that um we we actually to start off 2021 and and one of, and I think both of our goals um, for the new year is to get more guests on and, and today we do have a guest uh, you guys might not know him uh, Andrew Moran we're gonna bring him on in a few minutes uh, uh, my, he's he runs Miami Hoop School uh, down obviously down in Miami South Florida and he trains um, he's trained Donovan Mitchell uh, trains James Wiseman Cole Anthony Tyler Hero a whole bunch of NBA players he, he's training now. Um, so we'll bring him on in a few minutes. Uh, the NBA, I mean, talk about ending 2020, very 2020 style. I mean, you have the Magic, um, the Cavs, uh, a whole bunch of teams at the top of the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. You have teams like uh, the Pelicans, the Kings, the the Spurs, all, all in the playoffs right now, even though it's still five games into the season. Just a, a weird time in the NBA. I mean, you also have teams like the Heat, um the raptors uh the wizards just struggling golden state struggling dallas is is, is doing you know okay houston struggling so and denver uh also struggling so it's, it's a weird time it feels like yeah no doubt there's a lot of teams that uh are it, it's it's a lot of unorthodox times and we've talked about uh 2020 being that so seeing all these teams at the top of their conferences for the time being, it's kind of weird. And then there's a lot of stars in slumps. Uh, we look at Luka Doncic, who's having a rough start um, to his 2020-21 season. So there's a there's a multitude of stars that you wouldn't really expect. Jimmy Butler had like two points last night, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's a bunch of stars that just aren't in rhythm yet, and hopefully they should get into rhythm. But that's why we place more emphasis on uh, not only preseason, but also this season, just because there's just such a short time uh, to go um, with this season already. Even though we're only five games in, there's 67 games left. Um, so yeah. that's something we'll get into with, with our next guest uh, coming up. Yeah, no, and, and not only are you know, stars for teams, you know, what was it, last weekend, uh, the Bucks lost to the Knicks by like 30 and then come back the next night and beat the Heat by almost 50 points, then lose to the Heat the next night. Uh, the Mavericks lost by 30, I think, to the uh, Hornets, and then come back, win the next night, uh, coincidentally, against the Heat. Um, you had, who else? So there, there, there's been just a whole bunch of random blowouts. Um, like, just not really great games yet in the NBA. Uh, nationally televised games, it hasn't really picked up the normal schedule. I know this week, I think, TNT's back on its Thursday uh, yes, uh, NBA and ESPN on Wednesday and I think Friday. Um, so exciting time. Um, 
But with that said, let's get into the episode. Uh, I will we pre-record this guest earlier in the week, so I will now introduce Andrew Moran. Our sponsor today is Hardwood Amino. Hardwood Amino is a place for everything basketball. Join in on fun quizzes, quality blogs, polls, and more made by our very own users. You'll be met with a host of different uh, chat rooms for hot takes, debates, where you can talk about anything basketball related. If you're an avid basketball fan, Hardwood Amino is your one-stop shop. There's even breaking news and daily questions. If you're interested in joining a growing basketball community, make sure to download Hardwood Amino in your app store or play store today. Thank you to Hardwood Amino for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the episode. Now joining us, the owner and founder of Miami Hoop School, Andrew Moran. Andrew, first, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I first want to start off just by how did you, um, for people who don't know who you are or what you're about, what, how did you start um, the academy you have and training uh, NBA players from, or really from youth players all the way up to professional players? Yeah, so um, I, was, I was an assistant coach at uh, Miami Senior High with a friend of mine, Marcus Carreno. He was a head coach. Um, and while I was coaching there, at first, I thought I wanted to be a college coach. Um, and as I was coaching, I just kind of gravitated always to kind of like the player development side. He'd allow me to run workouts and, you know, that. And I just kind of always gravitated in that direction. I really enjoyed it. Um, then my wife got pregnant, so I stopped coaching. Um and then me and my wife were just kind of having fun living life. And someone called me up and said, hey, do you want to do uh, some workouts with the little AU team? Um, and I showed up there. They paid me for 10 workouts. I worked out the team. And then I started picking up um, some privates there. You know, I did a little bit of private workouts on the side before. But it was just kind of like, hey, I'll do it here and there. When I started doing this, it actually, I was like, oh, I can do this. Um, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of business because I didn't know anything about business. I was just doing something I love, which was training kids in basketball. And I happened to make a little bit of money with it. Um, So I started working out this kid in his backyard and uh, I became close with his dad and he allowed me to do more workouts there. Uh, So I was teaching also, I was a teacher at Doral Academy, teaching history. Um, And then I would leave school and I'd go to their house and I'd train you know, as I picked up more clients, I would train starting at 3.30 up and up until 8.30, 9 at night, and then I'd go back home. So for about three years, four years there, I was just grinding it away. Obviously, not every single day was like that, but as it grew, it became more and more busy. Um, and then eventually, I uh, started my academy out of Doral Academy, where I had like larger groups of kids. Um and what I did in the beginning, guys, is uh, I want as I I knew I was doing a good job. I just didn't think I was good enough, and I needed to improve. What I do was I go and find the best trainers that I thought in the business. And at that time, you could probably count them on one hand, maybe like five of them that you knew that were popular. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this industry is pretty young. Uh, I would yeah. say, right. you know, 12, 10, 10 years old max. You know, maybe twelve for 
now you got a, quite a few people doing it as a business. But I'd travel to camps and pay for my flight, pay for my car, pay for my food, pay for my hotel, and then work for free just because I wanted to learn. Uh, and I wanted to be around guys who were doing it at a high level. Um, so I just moved around and did that kind of like it was kind of like me. You know, obviously we go to college. Uh, I went to college and I majored in history, which which is fine. It helped me to get to where I am now. But that was kind of like my thing. It was kind of like my grad school. I was paying my wife looking at me like I was crazy paying all this money and then working for free. But in my mind, I knew I was getting such value and valuable information and and just learning so much and bettering myself as a trainer. Um, so, like I said, I started doing the training in the backyard. Then I started my academy at Doral Academy. Um, and I was running, you know, I have an academy where kids can train three times a week and they pay a monthly fee. Those are my larger groups. And then I have like, you know, I do private workouts, small group workouts. And then I got a warehouse. Uh, and honestly, with the NBA guys, it's just, I'm going to be honest. It's not like someone was like, hey, let me, I saw this guy, Miami Hoop School. Let me go over there and train with him. Someone recommended me. I just and I'll, and I'll tell you it's in business I think the most important thing is building relationships and I think the relationships that I build over time people you know maybe you built you did this relationship and two years down the road somebody recommends you and says hey you need to check this guy out um, and that's really how I started to pick up NBA guys my first guy NBA guy that I helped I was just helping in a workout I didn't really even work him out was Mario Chalmers I was just helping out I went to help out. Michael Lancaster was, uh, he's another trainer that, you know, has been very successful in this business. And I just went to help out. Uh, um, so I was, this is my first time being a part of an NBA workout. And then probably three years later, I actually started to get, you know, more NBA guys through a friend of mine. I opened my warehouse and uh, he recommended his dad, recommended some guys to me uh, like James Johnson, Tyler Johnson came, um, a few other heat guys came and then I picked up Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and really um, it just kind of grew organically. Yeah. Um, and then I'll tell you this past year has been my best year yet in terms of NBA pros and stuff, you know? Um, and again, I, it was through a relationship. Somebody recommended me to Excel Sports. Excel opened an office here. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, one of the top agents in the business. He had James Wiseman and, and Cole Anthony. Um, and I started working out James. And then every time, and then obviously we went into the quarantine. And guys were, a lot of guys lived here in Miami. Anytime guys came to Miami, um, they would recommend me. They didn't all come, but they would recommend me. And I picked up other guys like that. So, Honestly, I, I, again, I say it every time and maybe I say it too much, but I, obviously you have to do well at your job. You got to know your craft. You got to always be willing to learn. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just the relationships that you build along the way. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it, both Jake and I, um, we've been doing this podcast now for over a year now and Obviously, we've had guests on from actually we've had Tim Hardaway's junior's dad on. We had uh, Tim Senior on. We've had a whole bunch of guests, awesome. and I'm I'm in college for sports management, and I kind of want to get into bat the basketball injuries industry and stuff. How have you been able to um, 
I guess you said you, you got recommended to these players, but how has those relationships grown in terms of, are you texting those guys or watching those games and texting them? Hey, you know, you know, this is maybe what you need to work on, or you just try to stay away. And when they come to you and ask you for advice, it's kind of, um, Oh no, I try to reach out. Um, I'm trying to watch as many games as possible. I also coach high school. So yeah, uh, I'm the head coach at Columbus high school. Um, I don't okay. know if you're familiar with the high school, but, uh, yeah. Very so familiar. I'm, I'm pretty busy. Um, did you go there? No, Palmetto. No. Oh. We went to Palmetto. Oh, okay, Palmetto. Okay. oh, all right. All right. Cool. Um, uh, so I'm doing my best now to – I'm going to probably watch more and more games. But, yeah, I mean, obviously some guys that have been working with me for longer, I'm, you know, I have a – not that I have a better relationship, but I'm a little bit closer with them just because I've built a relationship over time. Um, but, yeah, I try to talk to the guys and just encourage them and – find ways for them to be more efficient through the, throughout the season. You know, uh, I think that's the most important thing is being efficient um, while they're on the floor, uh, doing the best they can with the, the, the opportunity that they have. Um, and I think that's what teams look for. Um, so, yeah, I definitely text them. I try to stay in contact with them. You know, sometimes I get a little busy. And I got four kids of my own. Uh, but I do my best, and obviously I've picked up more guys along the way. Um, so, again, I do my best to communicate and, and, and stay in contact with them um, and try to encourage them and maybe sometimes send them some film, stuff like that, um, which I'd like to do more of. I don't do enough of that. I think film is probably the best way of teaching. Uh, so, yeah, I try to do that a lot. Yeah, I think that's super cool that – you know, you're able to train not only like the young guys, we see the videos with Tyler Hero um, on your Instagram, we see um, James Wiseman, Cole Anthony, and then also vets as well. I wanted to ask you, as far as like common traits you see, since you've been doing this for quite a while now, um, common traits you see in successful NBA players, whether it be intangible, tangible, what are those that you look for? I would say that what I, the most successful NBA players are the most confident ones. Um, some are more skilled than others. Some are more athletic, but I think the best ones are the ones that believe in themselves the most and are the most confident with their game and they trust themselves. Uh, in my opinion, I, that's what I see. Um, I, I think Tyler does so well because He's, He's so confident in his yeah. game. Um, and obviously he makes mistakes. We see that, but he believes in his game and, and he goes to work. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, believes in his shot and the guy shoots at a high, high level, you know? Um, so I think the most confident, and I had a chance to work out with Donovan Mitchell as well. Obviously that's the, the first all-star I've ever worked with. Um, and I just, I see the confidence and he just, the game slows down for him. And, and obviously I'm not in a game, we're in a training, we're in a training session, but you can kind of see him reading. We did some live action and he just, he reads the game really well and he slows it down. And then he's, he's very confident and getting to the spots that he wants to get to. Mm. Um, and it, so I think the, the best players, obviously you got to be skilled and, but I think the best are the ones who are the most confident. When you're, you're training all these NBA guys and, and like Jake just said, there's certain um, tangibles and stuff that you see in them. 
How do you translate that? You said, obviously you coach high school, you coach younger kids. What do you take away from the NBA guys and, and go to your younger guys and say, Hey, look what they're doing. Um, this is maybe what you need to do or, or the opposite with, you know, the young guys and, and how, how do you, uh, mix the two. And so that way everyone's successful. Well, so, and- I'll, so what I try to do is explain or emulate the way that these guys work out. Right. So, and again, off season is a long, you know, the, the guys aren't going to be going, they're not going to be killing their body all the way through. Right. So they do have to take, take care of their body. They got to listen to themselves. So I see it as the season's over. Most guys usually take a break for a month and a half. Some, some are shorter, some are longer, depends, you know? Um, And then when they start up, we're just, you know, I try to focus on some skill work. Okay. What do we want to add? We're going to add something to your game this year. Let's focus on that. And it's not as, it's not like a crazy intense workout. It's learning and, and continue to uh, try to, acquire that skill to add to your game because sometimes it takes a little while to add something to your game you like guys are like like bigs that are trying to add their three-point shot right because the league is three-point shot they might have started this year but maybe they don't really get to shooting the threes for another season right they might be the full season they really don't feel comfortable until that second season those two off seasons of really focusing on those things so I think in the beginning of the summer, you're focusing on a skill and it's, it's not so crazy intense. And then as you get closer to midway through the summer, you're starting to pick up the intensity. Um, you're probably doing some, some live, little bit of live action, some situational things. And then as you get closer to uh, uh, training camp, you want the guys, you know, in the best shape. So you're, you're also adding in some sort of cardio a lot more movement in the workout, having the guys maybe try to be as, you know, as game-like as possible. Obviously in a workout, you can't, but it's not the game, but you can, you can get them moving. I try to do multiple, multiple shots at different spots uh, in, in one rep, right? So maybe they're coming off a ball screen, they get into the rim, getting a corner three, coming off a handoff. And then some guys who play out of the mid post, they're getting a shot or something in the mid post. So, I think three and four shots in a rep is is they're not only working on their game, but they're kind of working on their cardio a little bit and getting some skill work in. Yeah, we mentioned the off season. I think this past off season was the biggest or longest off season for a lot of teams, especially the ones that didn't make the playoffs. And then you look at yeah. uh, some of the prospects or now NBA players that you train, um, they had they didn't even have March Madness. So to come off you know, from basically March to, you know, now playing a very condensed 72 game NBA season. Um, what did you do differently this past um, off season since because of the pandemic, what did you do differently with your training? If there was anything different. So obviously pre bubble, um, when we're in the quarantine, um, I wanted the guys to try to stay in shape. The guys that were going to the bubble, they need to stay in shape as much as we can. So I'm doing a lot of cardio, you know, in the workout, a lot of movement. Like I told you, something leading up to like training camp because they got to, they had to be back in shape and keep their rhythm, right? 
So, sorry about that. Someone just called. Uh, they're trying to keep their rhythm going. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I want to keep them in shape and, and have them ready to go as soon as the game starts, right? Obviously, after post-bubble, is a little different. Well, for some guys, it was really short, especially like Tyler. Tyler was in the finals, and then he took a break. He took a little vacation. He needed to rest his body. And then we were back at it. It was like almost, it was like, all right, let's prepare for training camp again because it's just everything was thrown off, you know? Uh, I think with this past year, it was difficult because you couldn't really plan. It was hard to plan things because things changed so much. Uh, yeah. So. No one knows what's um, going to happen tomorrow. Correct. So you, right. especially like even in our high school season, you know, some teams are playing and then they take two weeks off because someone got COVID on their team. It's just, it's just crazy. So it's hard to plan fully. Um, but again, I just want them to be as ready as possible as soon as they get to training camp. Um, obviously with a regular off season, it looks a little different. Um, you know, the workouts look different and then they change over time as you get closer to where they have to head back to their team and report back. Yeah. Um, you mentioned James Wiseman, probably uh, top three pick in this past draft. What do you see from him? And obviously he's only played a couple games. And um, But what do you where do you see his potential growing um, throughout his career? And, and maybe if there's a comp that, of another NBA player that you would compare him to um, that you've watched, or where do you see that? Well, I think he's a special talent. The guy's seven one, very mobile, can handle the ball, can shoot, can play with his back to the baskets, can play out of the pick and roll, um, and eventually I think can play pretty well on the perimeter, uh, just kind of putting it on the floor. Um, I think he's off to a great start. Um, as you can see, he he are, he's shooting the ball pretty well. Um, if I would say anything, I, I, I think, uh, maybe he can get a few more rebounds and, 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 you know, maybe just be a little more active defensively, but I mean, I think he's off to a good start. He's in a great organization. That's really going to help him. Uh, I think he's playing along guys that are very confident and they're going to boost his confidence. So I think that's the most important, like I said, just being confident as you're out there. Um, uh, but I, I, I like, I think he has a high ceiling. Um, he's got we've a lot of Chris potential. Bosch. We've heard heard Chris Bosh comparisons. Yeah, so he's. It, I, I would just say he's he's more mobile and more athletic than than Bosh. You know, um, but yeah, that's a great comparison. I, I I even like to. I like to come. I like to compare him to Anthony Davis. Um, obviously, he's not not there yet, uh, but he's a worker and. When he puts his mind to it, he he goes after it, and I think he can, he can. I mean, I don't know if he can do exactly what what uh, Anthony Davis is doing, but he can be the best James Wiseman out there for sure, and do a lot of things. I think in the future we're gonna see like, oh, this guy's special. I think we're already seeing it, but I think you're gonna see more and more his skill set. I think we we had a chance to work with him for eight months, and we just continued to see him improve, continue to see more and more uh, adding to his game. So, sorry, my kids just walked in. Um, okay, so, just, just adding adding more to his game and realizing how much he already has in his, his foundation. So, 
I, I think he's a special talent. I think he's got a long career in this league and he's going to do really well. Yeah, what really stood out to me watching his first couple games, especially the Christmas Day game against the Bucks, he had a couple plays where it was just he came out of nowhere. I think he covers a lot of area on the defensive end just with yeah. his, his length and his athleticism. You had a couple layups where I just thought it was a clear layup and he just came out of nowhere. So um, that's something that really impressed me. Uh, what do you think about Wiseman playing with a veteran point guard like Steph Curry? Because you see a lot of bigs coming to the league and they don't have that a guy like Giannis right. and who hasn't, who's been searching for that and hasn't really found it um, with Giannis. So what do you think about that pairing? Um, I mean, I mean, I think it's great. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. He wants to give you guys a fist pump. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want to play with Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Uh, great shooter. And sorry, he's following through now. Fist pump and his follow through. <laughs> um, it's fine. So, I mean, I, I think that's great for him uh, to play. I mean, listen, first of all, the organization is great. Second, he gets to play along Steph Curry. And I think with uh, Draymond Green coming back, I think it's going to help. And then obviously, unfortunately, Clay Thompson, um, unfortunately, Clay Thompson got injured. But if he was there, wait, buddy, just sit on the couch. No, he wasn't at our house. Um, no, he was here. Hey, you gotta, you gotta be quiet because I'm talking. Um, <laughs> I think if you know, if everyone was healthy, it would be uh, a different story, you know. Um, and they're gonna improve. Everyone, I think, you know, they see the first two games; they did get blown out, but that's gonna change. Uh, guys are getting back. There's new guys in there on their team, so. You know, it's going to take a little time for everyone to start gelling. And really, it's going to take a little time for them to see really everything that James is capable of doing. But to play along Steph Curry, I think, is amazing. Um, he's a, he's an all-star. He's an unselfish player. <laughs> he's an unselfish player. He uh, He's confident. I, I just feel like anyone who goes to the Warriors becomes a confident, a, a more confident player just because I think they are they they get their guys to play really well. I feel like everyone that goes there starts shooting better as well. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um transitioning, you you mentioned Tyler a couple of times earlier. Uh, I know him and yeah. Precious worked out over the offseason. That video kind of was surfacing all over social media. Um what how do you see Tyler's game improving um from his rookie season where he just blew up, especially in the playoffs? And then Precious, and we're already seeing both of us are Heat fans. Uh, and we try to keep our Heat bias off the podcast, but at times we can't. Um, we already see Precious's uh, athleticism and his energy on the court. Where do you see those two guys and, and how impressive they are in their young careers? Well, I think um, Tyler Hero is the most impressive. I'm not, I mean, not the most, but just so impressive because obviously what he's done in, in the finals and because he's very confident in his game. Uh, I, I have, I mean, I, I honestly think he'll be an all-star. Uh, how many times, I don't know, but he has definitely all-star potential, all-star mentality and all-star work ethic. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see him. Um, you know, obviously he's got to step his game up this year even more because he can't hide now because he's all over the scouting reports, you know. Um, 
it's not like he can show up and he's surprising anyone. Everyone knows what he can do. Uh, so they're, you know, they're going to be ready. Um, so, but he'll be ready too. He's been working. He love that guy's, that guy's got great work ethic. He, he's a gym rat. He wants to be in the gym. You know, he'd go to the gym, you know, two or three times a day if he could, you know, you got to kind of tame him back so that he doesn't wear himself out. Right. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, uh, touch up on uh, Precious real quick and just what he's been able to do so far throughout the first couple of games of the season. Um, what do you think about um, Precious? Because there's comparisons to Bam and the way they play is very similar. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your opinion on where he's at compared to a young Bam? Um, well, I think there's a skill that we forget and it's called playing hard. And I think he just plays hard right now. Um, he's going in there doing what he's supposed to do. He's not trying to do more than he's asked or more than he's capable. And I think that's why he's had a lot of success. And I, and I think that they share the same thing. Bam came in, he goes straight to work. I'm going to get the rebounds. I'm going to defend. When I have my moments offensively, I'm going to take my opportunity. But they, I feel like they do a great job of letting the game come to them, especially now. I think Bam is so confident early on, just playing really well. I think shooting that little elbow, like free throw line area shot, he's, he's he, at least a couple of times that I've watched him just shooting well. And I think over time, Precious will get the, that, will build up that as well. But I think the way, the how hard they play, you know, how hard they play makes them so much that just they, they, they are, they do, they outplay other people that may be more skilled than them because they just play with a such higher level of intensity. Yeah. And I think that's very well said, considering you have UD and Jimmy, which come into a team where you have guys that play with a chip on their shoulder and are tough and get after it. I think it's a perfect situation, but go ahead, Ron. Yeah, no, uh, I wanted to also talk about Cole Anthony, the other uh, young prospect, too. In my opinion, I think if he wouldn't have got hurt at uh, UNC, he probably would have pinned top 10, top five pick. Uh, what do you see in his game that obviously his ability to finish at the rim uh, and his point guard, you know, or really, I mean, he can combo guard. Um, where do you see him in his trajectory and his career? Uh, I know it's very, very early, but how, how impressive has, has he been as well? Well, I think he's been, I mean, I, I think he's surprised everyone. He's got, he got a little bit of a bad knock on him for a while there. Um, and honestly, I blame the college game because it's, it's honestly BS. I don't know why the rules aren't the same if we have guys going to college that want to make it to the NBA, right? Cole Anthony's game is for the NBA. The NBA is spread, is, is an open, more open court. He's a skilled player. He can attack the rim. He can make plays like we talked about. He could finish at the rim. So I think sometimes players – and imagine, he was getting knocks on him, and he was averaging 18 points a game in the ACC, um, which, yeah. it, you know, could be arguably the best, the best conference in that college basketball. Um, obviously, the team wasn't doing so well, but you could see his, his skill set and his offensive – power that he has uh I think he's gonna do well um I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg and once he does once he learns to read 
off those pick and rolls in the NBA and does a uh, and just sees what's happening and slows that game down for him, he's going to do really well. Obviously, playing well, uh, really, his plus minus is probably through the roof just because he, when he comes in, he's been so efficient with his minutes. Um, he's shooting the ball well, which I think some people had a knock on him. I knew that he was, I knew he wasn't going later than 15 because when we worked out for the Orlando Magic, he had an amazing workout. I mean, the shot the ball amazing, handled the ball, was showing his athleticism, and they really loved him. So I wasn't sure if anyone was going to pick him up earlier. Um, I know the Wizards came to watch him. Um, I think they had the ninth pick. He ended up going 15th. Um, but again, I knew Orlando, Orlando loved him and they, they were, I think that's a great place for him. Yeah. I think that looking at Cole Anthony, what really impressed me when I was watching him is his ability to not panic when he gets in the lane. I think when he, he gets in like the low post area kind of, and just kind of shovels it out to a cutter. I thought that was like impressive for me, uh, to see him do, um, what other strengths do you think uh, he possesses in, in his game um, besides shooting the ball, besides what I mentioned? Like, what are some other things that you guys have worked on that you've seen um, in his game? I actually think he's a great defender. Um, and I, I saw him tra- a- I saw him trailing sometimes off of, off of like, I don't know, off of uh, the ball handler, but I don't know. Well, I don't know what you see, obviously, because, you know, you work. Uh, well, I, I think he's a, he's a, he's a good defender. I think he, he's a great shot blocker for a guard uh, and, and even a smaller guard in the NBA. I think he, he does a great job. Obviously he's got great athleticism. Um, and again, he's going to have to improve, but I think he can be a great defender in the league. Uh, and, and, and as he learns the, the schemes that each team, you know, has in, in the scouting report, but I think he can be a great defender as well. And <clears throat> Again, I think he's going to be a great shooter. Uh, I think we he'll just continue to improve. Another guy, I've been lucky, man. I get guys that really want to work and be great at their craft. Um, and when he was down here, he was really locked in. Um, again, he, we did early morning workouts, and and then a lot of times we were coming back at night to get more shots. So, um, obviously, it's early, but – Let's just continue watching. Honestly, for me, it's fun to watch. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of surreal. Like, oh, I work with these guys and and get to watch them on TV um, and watch them with my kids. I know they don't get it, but one day they'll they'll understand. um, But it's cool. Uh, I enjoy it. My family's a basketball family, so we talk basketball all the time. Um, And, you know, so it's fun for me. Yeah, no. I mean, I bet when, especially when you get to see how hard they put in the work off the court when no one's watching and the cameras aren't on, to then watch them when the cameras are on and see how much they've improved and stuff. uh, That's probably uh, the most satisfaction you can get out of um, out of what you do. uh, At least at the pro level, I know at the youth level, there's different uh, satisfactions you probably get when you watch your your high school team and stuff like that. Um, You mentioned Mario Chalmers, I think uh, Heat favorite uh from his time here and obviously he's over he's been around overseas and stuff uh how hard was that for him you know now knowing and and who knows I know he kind of wants to get back into the NBA uh how much is he still working out and and where is he now 
Um, he's playing over in Europe at the moment. Um, this past off season, I didn't, I didn't work with him much. Um, I mean, I think he could still play in the NBA. I think he'd be, you know, one of the best backup point guards at this point in his career, but to be back in the league, of course, I think he can be there and be efficient. Um, as, as we know, he's always played big and big games for the heat, you know, um, especially even playing along guys alongside guys like Wade and, and LeBron and Bosch and still having big games when we needed them. Um, so I think he's, a, he would be a seasoned veteran, um, shoots the three well. And, um, again, I, I hope he, he gets another chance because I, I do really think he can still play a couple more years in the league. Yeah, for sure. I think teams should really give Rio a chance, especially as like, maybe a backup point guard coming in a lot of teams, you know, don't have that, that type of depth. I think, you know, we, we sort of, um, you know, look down on a lot of teams in terms of their depth. I, I think he can come in and, and bring in good minutes. Um, I wanted to ask as far as this season goes, I know it's a condensed season. I know with a lot of what we're talking about, um, Ryan and I just had, you know, podcast uh, yesterday talking about, you know, how we don't want to overreact to everything or whatever, but, if you had to pick an MVP um, for this upcoming season, who you got? And then I want your finals predictions too. Who do you got making the finals? Who you got winning it? Um, okay, tell mommy. Um, sorry. Um, so I think the best, I mean, MVP is tough, man. Um, it is. It's, it's, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think LeBron's going to have an MVP type year. Um, if KD continues on his, what he's doing, the guy's going to have an MVP type year. And then, um, I don't know, man. I always say it's hard to count out LeBron. He's so, he just is so impactful on every team that he's on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it just depends, you know. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna go with KD on MVP. He's looked like um, it through the first couple games. Yeah, but I, it's. I mean, the season just started. Uh, I know LeBron's gonna bring it. Uh, he always does. So, but I'll go with KD for right now. Um, and then finals. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with the Lakers again. Um, they're so strong. Um, although they, they did lose – well, they lost last night, right? Yeah, they lost to uh, the Trailblazers. They lost to Portland, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think they're strong. I don't think Anthony Davis played, though. Did he? He didn't play, right? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Now that you say that, I think he did sit out. Already, though, this yeah. morning I saw some I headlines. They, oh, do the they, Lakers have enough depth and stuff? They start questioning already, but – well, yeah, that's how it's like. Uh, it's like, oh, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the league. Oh, two weeks later, never mind. He's yeah. not. I mean, that's just the media. But uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll pick at the moment. Uh, I mean, I like the Heat as well. I always love the Heat. I just love the way the Heat play. I try to get my team, my high school team, to play with the unselfishness that they play with. Um, I think the Heat have a shot to get there again. Um, just because of their style of play and their defensive style is, is I mean, obviously the, the, the East is much better this year. You got Brooklyn obviously looking really strong. 
the Bucks not looking as strong, but that'll that'll come with time. Um, they picked up some new guys, um, so they got to get used to that. Um, and then the Sixers, uh, I know they lost the other night, but you know, the teams that have the the great players, and we'll see what the Wizards do. Uh, I think they could sneak up and and be a good team. We'll see. Obviously, Westbrook's an amazing player, and I love Bradley Beal. Uh, but at the moment, since I have to pick one and I don't like doing it, um, I'm going to pick the Lakers. So, Lakers Heat finals rematch? Yeah. Okay. I like, Ryan I like the sound of that. Ryan likes – I'm going to do that. If I'm betting and the Heat are playing the Lakers, I'm betting on the, on the Heat. There That's even better. Hey, you probably win more money that way. Yeah. With the betting odds. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask about coach of the year and most improved, but I would figure that you have your guy, Tyler Hero, with most improved, like I do. And then coach of the year, I think Spo deserves some more respect. And I can say that unbiasedly. Well, so. they get, he got a lot of respect. He got a lot. They did that whole did. thing. They did the poll. Yeah. And a lot but of the. Certainly. And listen, forget, forget X's and O's. I, I think he gets the guys to buy in and he gets the guys to, to play a style that that you, you can't you can't you can't that, teach that's, style. It's, that's it's, hard to do it's not an easy it's, coaching it's is not easy you know there's there's only a few teams in the nba that i think have that it's probably the heat you know spurs you know teams like that that can get guys to come in and buy into what they're doing uh mm. day in and day out for as long and as I they have that's a culture from what i hear he does a great job also just the way he speaks to the guys I think he, he he reaches them on their level. Uh, he connects with them, and he's got a way with his words to really get the guys to buy in. And then and then I also think we got great character guys that are you know blue collar guys that want to go to work. Especially obviously it starts with Jimmy Butler, and he sets the tone. Yeah. And everyone everyone seems to fall in behind because he uh. He looks like a great leader. That's so. that's definitely why I don't question any of the Heat's draft picks. I'm I'm done with I'm done doing that. <laughs> no, no, duh, you can't question Pat. Pat, you know everyone makes mistakes, but Pat's done a great job. Yep, that, I'm done. That's doing for that. sure. That's for sure. Andrew, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this was one yeah, of our more fun podcasts that we've done with a guest. Uh, we enjoyed your kids also. Uh, so, um, otherwise, thank you. Keep up the good work. Good luck in the high school season. Uh, and good luck with your academy and everything you're doing. Yeah, we're really appreciate it, man. guys. Two. That was Andrew Moran of Miami Hoop School. Um, that was a really interesting episode, I think. Just, just, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you your take in a second, just because it was a different point of view. We normally have reporters on or former players or current players, and this was just a totally different point of view in, in, in his rise and how he became to what he is now and still growing, uh, and, and just everything he does. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the biggest takeaway um, that I took from this was especially talking about his story at the beginning, how he was able to pinpoint the top NBA trainers and sort of chase them uh, and work his way in the field. I think that that was something, a key takeaway that I think a lot of us can, uh, can go with and, and uh, really take that in, in our uh, respective careers and in our lives. I think that 
uh, chasing dreams, chasing goals, and never taking your eye off of that and keep keep working towards it. I think that's something you could take away. And then as far as this NBA analysis, it just puts it in a whole different perspective from an NBA trainer. You have a guy that works uh, daily throughout the offseason with these guys, or I don't, I'm not sure how often they train, but I'm sure it's it's a few times a week, whatever it may be. And uh, he he really uh, takes them under his wing and, and teaches them. And he looks at the game differently than an outsider would uh, as me or you, Ryan, would. Um, and I think that that's something you can take away. Just a different perspective on the game. And I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, no, I, I think also something he said uh, was just who you know and, and the relationships you make. And I think that's for anything in life. Um, but especially in the sports industry, as as we're learning, it's the relationships you make and how you know how to network with people, and, and that's what he's done. I mean, just you know, he said it himself. It kind of just everything kind of happened, and one day led to the next. And the next thing you know, you know, he's training future NBA stars and James Wiseman, Cole Anthony, Tyler Hero, Precious Achua, um, guys like that, and seeing their growth when the cameras aren't on. And you know, he's a, you can attribute those guys and what you're seeing on the court. Um, I know. Right when we interviewed him that day, that night, James Wiseman made like a coast-to-coast uh, highlight. Um, he went coast-to-coast and dunked or whatever and crossover and all that. And I'm like, oh, like, wow. like, And, you know, it just makes you think like, okay, this is what he's been working, you know, a move like that. Who knows if he's been working with, with uh, Andrew on that. But just an all-around uh, a really cool guy. Um, and I'm glad we got him on the podcast. We have some other people, I think, in the, in the works, hopefully, to get on the podcast in the next few weeks or a few months. Um, like we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, that's one of our goals going into this new year is just getting more guests uh, and, and becoming a better podcast. Um, we we think we you know we're we know we have a lot of new people um, listening as we as we grow and we thank you and welcome you and uh, we hope you guys enjoy. So any anything else uh, to say before we uh, leave off here? No, yeah, I think uh, before I just talk about our plans for the future here and what we want to accomplish, I think we should uh, give a little shout out to our guest, Andrew Moran, because we weren't able to plug his stuff before. So if you guys want to follow him on Instagram at Miami Hoop School, I'm sure if you have any questions, you could always message him on there. And then uh, at my or not at, but MiamiHoopSchool.com, you guys can check out his website. He has this whole career story on there. He has players that he's... uh, worked out but he also has if you're interested i'm not sure like the the age group that we have on this podcast but he also has an academy down here in south florida so you guys can go check out that if you're interested in that working out with him uh and training with him then you can go look at that but with that being said i mean it should be a really big 2021 uh we definitely want to try to have more guests on more specifically try to get an active player on we haven't had that yet um so definitely try to shoot for that goal and Really just grow as a podcast. I don't want to throw out numbers, but I really just want to grow, yeah, see increased growth. And I think if we do that, then we should be uh, very much, uh, we should have a very successful 2021. Yeah. And also I know uh, Andrew has, uh, uh, he does online clinics too, obviously with COVID and all of that. So uh, even if you're not, I think in the software area, you guys can probably inquire. And if you guys are, uh, I mean, depending also on the age range, if you guys have kids or if you are of that age, you know, teenager or younger, um, you guys pr- could probably get on the online uh, academy as well right now. So, what's, yeah, what's be, that, uh, 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he has Zoom stuff. I'm not sure with how I believe works. I believe he does because I, I was looking on the website and I believe he does. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely check that out. But just in closing, yeah. if you guys want to check out our Instagram at underscore around the league underscore, we've been trying to be as active as as possible on that. We'll be posting about this interview and uh, into 2021, really grinding on that as well. We also have our TikTok at atl podcast uh we're trying to post on that as well it's a little bit slower than the instagram but we're still trying to get on that as well so uh remember we do this weekly every saturday so you guys don't want to miss out on a podcast make sure you stay up to date on with us and with that being said that's pretty much it yeah guys jake said it all happy new year again uh we'll be back at you next saturday peace peace